Hello and welcome to 20 Cent Retail's podcast. I'm Vincent Panels. Could retail and the food industry function without any packaging? Often, and for various reasons, packagings are seen as a necessity. On top of that, they are a strong marketing tool. So a world without packaging sounds hard to believe. But in the recent years, we have seen the rise of packaging-free supermarkets, bulk, and they all prove that a packaging-free grocery chain is possible. An example of such concept is Peter Pot. The young Dutch startup started in 2019 and is active in both Netherlands and Belgium. Recently, it reached a serious symbolic threshold. In two years, with their methods, their clients avoided to use two million of packagings. So what are the secrets to a packaging-free chain? You will hear them from my chat with Puk Schaaphock, head of Belgium at Peter Pot. Hello Puk, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that you are as well, because uh, we're going to talk about Peter Pot. Uh, and for the two or three members of the audience who have never heard of you, uh, could you maybe explain what is the origin of your company? Yes. Um, so Peter Pot is an online waste tree supermarket uh, based and born in Rotterdam. Uh, so actually two years ago, the two founders uh, started this company in their uh, own home uh, by actually buying up a few uh, empty jars from IKEA uh, and going to uh, a bulk store actually to fill, uh, to, to order the products in bulk. Um, and then they started to filling up the jars and to, to selling them actually in Rotterdam um, because they also knew like, yes, actually our the waste that comes with all of our groceries and all of our uh, food items is just getting too much. Um, and yeah, isn't it possible to just have all of our uh, storage and food products in uh, glass jars? And that's actually how the adventure started. Uh, and that's now two years ago. So it was started in Rotterdam. Um, and slowly but surely, it expanded also to the full uh, country in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, and since six months, we're also active in uh, in Flanders. So very happy about that. Um, and maybe how it works. Eh? So basically, as a yeah, customer, exactly. you can, yeah, so you can uh, indeed sign up um, at Peter Pot, and then you can start ordering your groceries. And how it works is that you, um, yeah, just order uh, in each category uh, that you need something. Um, and uh, we, at this moment, still uh, offer mainly dry products. So have actually the products that are also um, not expiring very quickly. Plus also we have a selection in non-food. So hygienic pro uh, products or um, cleaning products. Um, and basically all of the products that you order arrive in glass jars or glass bottles. Um, and you will pay a small deposit on the glass jars or on the glass bottles. And then actually your order or your uh, full uh, grocery um, uh, order actually arrives at home. Um, so you don't have to leave your house even to, uh, to place an order and to get your products at home. And yeah, then you actually have the products at home without any waste. So as soon as your jar or your bottle is empty, you keep it aside and with the next order, uh, you are also able to return these glass jars and bottles and receive the deposit back. So, um, yeah, it's the whole cycle is completely uh, waste-free. Okay, so in, if I understand correctly, uh, you sign up, you reduce your waste because there's less packaging. Um, but with you doing those deliveries and, and groceries in bulk, 
Uh, are you also reducing uh, CO2 and have a positive impact on, on the overall chain? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's also a question that uh, arises a lot. Um, so we also know that this is a question that lives with consumers. Um, so we also did a lot of research prior to even starting this company. Um, and also we update this research each year to make sure that we are as transparent, as open as possible. Um, so you're also able to find the full report on our website. But basically, let's take maybe um, the ketchup bottle uh, as an example. I think that's an easy example uh, to, to start with. Um, so if you order a jar with ketchup uh, at Peter Potts, we have ketchup from Heinz, for example. So um, let's use that example then your CO2 footprint is lower than if you even, let's say, take a bike to your local grocery store and buy a um, bottle ketchup from Heinz uh, at the supermarket. Okay. Um, and why? Yeah, because our order is including transport. Yeah? So, of course, there's, a, there's a, a truck or, let's say, a small van that is coming to, uh, by your house to drop off your groceries. And even then, it's still a lower CO2 footprint or impact uh, than if you would buy uh, the um, packaging uh, from the supermarket. Why? Because the biggest impact that you actually make is by buying a, um, a product with, let's say, the packaging that is re recyclable or reusable. Whereas if you buy the plastic ketchup bottle uh, from Heinz, then you immediately throw it in the trash. And I think the, uh, or have we, we know, that the impact is highest when you have packaging that you only use once. So even if it's a glass bottle of ketchup mm -hmm. from Heinz that you buy in the supermarket, the CO2 impact is again way higher because you throw the glass in a glass container and it only has one life cycle, let's say. Of course, it is being recycled afterwards. Um, however, the impact of recycling glass is even worse than plastic. Yeah? We all think all oh, plastic is the, is the bad guy, um, but it's actually one singular usage glass that is actually even worse because of the uh, energy and because of the efforts of recycling glass. So even if it is being delivered at home in a truck, mm -hmm. you are impacting your CO2 footprint with using a circular uh, packaging. And I think that there, there is really the biggest weight uh, that serves that actually Peter Pot's groceries are uh, having a way lower uh, CO2 footprint. Sounds to me that you, you do a lot of research and a lot of measuring as well. Uh, do you use then independent institutions to, to, work, uh, to work out all those calculations or how does it actually is being measured? Exactly. So we definitely trust on independent uh, okay. research. Uh, companies uh, because of course we don't have the right resources to spit it all out let's say in every single detail and of course we want to make sure yeah, the devil is in the detail so we want to make sure that it's right and um, so we outsource this research uh, to external companies uh, to do it for us um, and I think yeah, we deliver the all of the information that we have and now we have an example of the the ketchup bottle yeah, but we use in this research also a selection of 10 different products because of course eh, each co2 footprint differs per product um, mm -hmm. because it also and eh, we really measure the whole circular process so it also comes from let's say the information from the supplier how it is being delivered at our uh, warehouse and um, what kind of bulk 
um, options that supplier has. Eh? For example, our olive oil, uh, it comes in a tank, let's say, uh, of 1000 liter. So of course, a eh, CO2 footprint is way lower there than, for example, the bucket of ketchup that maybe comes in 20 liter, which is also good. Eh? But there's definitely a difference also in how we are uh, acquiring the bulk. Um, and of course, the olive oil, 1000 liter, that's that's fantastic. We are also able to bring that empty tank back to the supplier. So it's also being reused. Um, so that's, of course, something that yeah we are very critical at, uh, because for us, it's really important that um, when we tell the story that it's waste free, we also really want to live that and make sure that we yeah also discuss or go into a discussion with our suppliers to make sure that they also uh, yeah, think of that aspect because that's of course essential. Okay, that that, that sounds actually uh, totally logical and and, and good. Uh, but I was wondering about some limits uh, because I, I often hear about a supermarket who wants to go like packaging free and everything. But can every product be sold uh, packaging free or and everything can be done in bulk? Uh, there must be some limitation. Just now you mentioned that you only do dry food and and a bit of hygiene products. Uh, do you see that, that there are limits or can you really do everything in the future? Yeah, great question. Um, I think at, at Peter Pot, we believe that uh, there are no limits. So we definitely are very ambitious and we want to go uh, go very far in this. But of course, uh, we bump into, into limitations. I mean, I think what you also mentioned, number one is our selection or had a assortment that we have. At this moment, we don't have any fresh products yet. Um, we don't have any dairy or, or um, uh, uh, yeah, like vegetables or whatsoever. Um, so that's something we are working very hard at uh, behind the scenes, um, because of course uh, that's a completely different logistic process uh, when we enter vegetables or, or fresh into our selection. Um, however, we also want to make sure that we do this because this is also what our customers need, right? Because uh, we are an online packaging-free supermarket. But of course, yeah, at this moment, our consumers still need to go to their local uh, farmer shop or, or eh, to get their vegetables, to get their dairy. So we really want to become a one-stop shop for everything. Uh, but it definitely brings limitations. Eh? Like you need to make sure that your whole warehouse is has the cooling possibility. Our transport needs to be cooled. Um, eh, at this moment, we work with a deposit on the on the on the jars and on the bottles. But you cannot imagine a cucumber in a in a jar. So eh, we we really need to make sure that we um, tackle that. And also, currently we're in a great position where we have limited food waste because all of our products have a high or a long expiry date. Um, and as soon as something comes close, so eh, let's say the expiry date is getting shorter, then we make sure that we put these products in promotion um, so that it is still being uh, sold. And if not, then we're able to donate it. Um, so I think that is very big. And of course, that's also a worry that we have. If we start with fresh, how are we still able to really keep an eye on this food waste element? Um, and I think also uh, that's one limitation, expanding in new categories. And I think a second limitation that we are currently facing is with our current products, right? Because um, uh, we, we talk to a lot of suppliers. Uh, we have a lot of suppliers that also contact us because they want to also um, uh, add value to this chain. And sometimes the bigger companies are not maybe able to do it themselves. 
So this is, of course, a great opportunity to uh, to be a little bit more focused on sustainability via us. Um, but if, if a company says to us, uh, okay, great, the, the biggest bulk that I can deliver is 10 liter. And even if that is a company with a very big name, we've had that before. Yeah, we also tell them, we're sorry, but we cannot do this for 10 liters because that's too small of a bulk. We really yeah. go for the big bulk. And that's the only way how, yeah, that's exactly what our whole business model is about and also what, what we believe in. Um, so yeah, sometimes we need to turn down um, great suppliers with a beautiful story just because, yeah, it's just not feasible uh, in, in the bulk options. However, we also see that the ones that we have turned down in the future, uh, sorry, in the past, sometimes they came back saying a few months after like, hey, you know what, you got us thinking and we now were able to change a few elements in our logistics. And hey, we're now able to offer, let's say 20 liter or 20 kilo. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful for us because that's exactly what our vision is about to make sure that we are able to inspire the bigger food chain and the bigger, um, yeah, the bigger picture, right? And even though a supplier is not able to work with us, we want them to go back to their drawing table and to start thinking. And whether then they work with us or not, um, that's, that's not even the point. It, the point is to make sure that we inspire other companies as well to start thinking about this. And we also really want to prove that this works. Like we, you can be a circular company, um, a healthy company, yeah, because at this moment uh, we are not making any profits yet. Um, and even if we would be making profits, we would of course reinvest it into our growth. Um, but yeah, we really want to make sure that 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 we can prove that this works by limiting by limiting waste. And um, maybe one other example, yeah, for example. Um, Jules de Stroper, I think very known uh, in well, Belgium, but also, yes. exactly, and also abroad. Um, yeah, it's a company that we would love to work with, but yeah, everyone who knows and loves the cookies also knows it's very fragile. So yeah, you know, of course we already had conversations, but how can we request a bulk delivery of let's say 40 kilos? Um, how will the cookies all at the bottom look like? Yeah, probably not not like a cookie anymore so these are also limitations eh, of like okay damn it we, we we would love that to work um but yeah that's also something that that needs thinking and eh, we also had other companies for example a great company cookies Bosset from belgium and they have delicious waffles and, uh, and and nice cookies and they have way more in their selection but of course we need to think about okay eh, how will the quality be of the cookies if if it is being put in a huge bulk um, bulk option. But then again, can we work with, for example, circular packaging? Can they put it in smaller crates, but then make sure that the quality remains, that the cookies remain in one piece? Um, but if it's circular and if it's reusable, then maybe that is an option. So of course, these are all kind of things that, uh, yeah, we also want to support our suppliers in, uh, in thinking of. All right, so so good to inspire your your suppliers and and make them change their their ways. Now, I I was still wondering, uh, as a consumer, you I would suspect that you you clean your jars very well when you when you recuperate them. Is it something actually that that uh, lives with the consumer? Do they have sometimes a concern about the hygiene or have questions about it when when they actually want to to embark in this adventure with you? 
Um, not really, um, of course, yeah, because for example, the way how our filling process works is we work with, um, uh, how do you say it, institutions that are professionals in this. So we have companies um, that are filling this up for us. So they also have all the requirements and all the certifications to make sure that it is a clean process, um, that it's 100%, uh, how do you say that, sterile when it's being filled up. Um, we also have, of course, a dedicated cleaning um, operation with it. Um, however, for example, we sometimes get a message saying uh, from people saying, okay, I have a very high nut allergy. Um, then we also say, okay, then it is best not to order with us because in that jar that, for example, now contains chips, it could be that there were nuts in there before. Yeah. And even though this process is 100% um, clean and it's sterilized and we do everything we can of course yeah, to to, uh, to keep it as good as possible which which works obviously um, but these are risks that we also say then to the customer like you know if you have a very high nut allergy these products are also filled in areas where there are nuts uh, maybe yeah. in another room so we want to make sure that we keep it as safe as possible and then we also just tell the customer like then it might not be the good idea to order from us um just because of yeah that's of course something that you cannot uh yeah how do you say that you don't want to take light uh so no, those obviously. are those are yeah but i would say that that's the only that that's the only one that we uh that we advise not to uh yeah. okay and, and, and one uh, other question I, I always wonder is a trend that is playing a lot with retail right now is the local trend. So people always want to see their products being sourced locally. Is it something that you pay attention to? I mean, you mentioned you don't have fruits and veggies uh, yet, uh, but do you pay attention also on the local sourcing of your products? Definitely. So I think uh, there's... Um let me maybe take one step back. So our target audience, or let's say our consumers, um, we actually define them and we don't put them in buckets, but we define them a bit as uh, eco-warriors. Uh, those are actually people that are already putting a lot of efforts in their own house or in their own home in making their own uh, life, let's say a little bit more sustainable. Uh, so they might already go to uh, packagery grocery stores or um, hey, they're really, or they're using, reusing their water uh, or whatsoever. And then we also have eco-minded uh, people. And those are actually the people that say, look, I've heard about climate uh, change. I've heard about um, yeah, sustainability, but whew, it's, it's all a lot of effort. It's more expensive. Um, so yeah, you know, the barrier for them is just a, bit, a little bit higher um, in terms of living a little bit more sustainable. And I think yeah, the eco-warriors are definitely looking for uh, locally sourced products um, and they also uh, tend to buy more organic products um, and the eco-minded target audience is a little bit less focused on that and might be more driven about price for example um, and that's also the reason that we really want to make sure that what we offer is available for everyone so for whomever's background whomever um, budget there is something for you uh, and that's why, for example, have for a certain type of products, let's take pasta, we do have a selection organic, we do have a selection locally sourced, we do have a selection which is a little bit more uh, low barrier to, um, to, to any uh, target audience, let's say. So 
we definitely look at that, but we also really want to make sure that there is an offer for someone that says, okay, I don't want the, any organic products. Um, for example, we do have um, cashew nuts. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a silly example, but it is a good one. Um, and we do have yeah, the, the uh, how is it, the low barrier cashew nuts. We do have organic cashew nuts. And we also have a selection of um, cashew nuts that is, for example, produced by a company, uh, Johnny Cashew, it's called. And they are actually making sure that that cashew nuts, as we know them, eh, we buy them in the supermarket, but we don't really think about it. But um, cashew nuts are being shipped all around the world to get peeled, and then they come back uh, to Europe to get sold. So Johnny Cashew is a company that really says, okay, I want to break this circle, and I want to make sure that the cashew nuts are locally peeled. And... Of course, eh, it comes with a little bit of a higher price. However, yes, your CO2 footprint lowers with buying those cashew nuts over, let's say, the regular cashew nuts that you can find in the supermarket. So we want to make sure that there is something for everyone. Um, and I think that that's also what makes Peter Pot, um, yeah, like a very um, convenient supermarket because there is something for everyone. And if you really... Uh, for example, I prefer to buy many products organic. Okay, so I can find also that selection there um, to really make sure that, yeah, we can offer something for everyone. Um, and for example, I had to keep it local. Of course, we are originally from the Netherlands and we also now are uh, active in Belgium. Um, so we do have Belgian suppliers and we also have a lot of Dutch suppliers, obviously. Uh, for example, I are muesli and our um, granola comes from a company in the Netherlands that literally started as the first one to start producing granola in the Netherlands. So it really has a very long history. So we also look for suppliers with a nice story and really with a with a proper background um, because we also really believe in that. So that's why we, um, yeah, that's what, let's say, our first uh, criteria are actually to look for, uh, to look for suppliers. All right. Well, actually, uh, I, I do have one final question, uh, and that would actually maybe uh, attract more potential suppliers for you. Uh, could you maybe tell us what would be your, your future plans for, for Peter Pot? I mean, you started in the Netherlands, now you're in, in Belgium. Is it world domination? Or, or can you tell us what's, what's coming up in the, in the near future for you guys? Yeah, good question. I think um, what I already said earlier is we are very ambitious. So I would also say that, yes, we are also looking now into a third market. Uh, We're currently doing our research and and looking into uh, feasible plans. Uh, So that's definitely on our agenda. Um, We're also developing an app because we know that uh, we started two years ago and it's currently a a website. Um, And we also know that eh, our, our consumers are also looking for convenience and, and uh, so eh, those are elements such as an app that are definitely uh, popping in when we talk about convenience and um, so we really want to make sure that we also grow into into what our consumers need so that's on the agenda and i would say eh, if we talk about what is our overall goal goal is really to make the whole supply chain in food waste free so we won't stop until we um, get close or let's say achieve this goal. And that's what I also said earlier. Eh? That's why we are um, talking with our suppliers. And eh? we don't just work with our suppliers to get uh, delivered our products, but it's really to go into a discussion and to talk about it on a, on a higher level. Even large suppliers that uh, you would maybe never see in a jar, but 
yeah, to really make sure that we stimulate and inspire this bigger picture. Um, so we know that we have a long way to go. Um, but yes, we are very ambitious and we want to make sure that we uh, spread the word. Yeah. Right. Well, still very impressive after only two years. Uh, so that's quite, uh, quite a, a journey that you already had. Uh, sadly, that's all the time that we have for today. And uh, even though I, I feel that we could talk about uh, waste-free uh, retail all day, I'm going to have to end this episode. Puk, again, thank you very much for being here and hope to talk to you another time in the future. Yes, likewise. Thanks a lot for inviting us. <laughs> well, that's all for this episode. As usual, if you have any questions, requests or comments, don't hesitate to write us an email. And I also invite you to check out the website 20centretail.com for more retail stories. Join us next time for a new episode. And in the meantime, thank you for listening.